Hello, and welcome to this episode of Exposing Your High School Reading List. This podcast is dedicated to unpacking and improving the high school English curriculum. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the Scarlet Letter. But before we get into that, as usual, we have our little icebreaker, Greta. We're talking about the Muppets. What's your vibe? Okay. Like Elise just said, I'm Greta, and my favorite Muppet is Fozzie Bear. I think it might have something to do with his lovely wit. (laughs) Really? I thought it was just because he's a bear. (laughs) (laughs) I also really like bears, in case you didn't catch any of the previous episodes. Um, So it it fits the vibe. But also the little bowler hat gets me every time. That's a good hat. Yeah. And Greta hasn't read Scarlet Letter? Correct. I have not. Here's my little caveat that I have not read the Scarlet Letter. And so for most of this episode, I will just be reacting to whatever weird things appear and whatever plot points you guys have that will shock me. And we sure will have them. Oh, yes. Okay. I'm Lauren. My favorite Muppet is Beaker because I, too, am tall with uh, currently red hair and panic at any inconvenience. That's really relatable. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I'm Becca. My favorite Muppet is Ralph the dog. I just, I love him so much. I can't explain it. He's just perfect. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. Especially, like, have you seen pictures of him with, like, a little cowboy hat on? Yeah, no. I have. Yeah. What? How have I missed this? Oh, man. Him and his cowboy hat? Iconic. Becca's looking it up. Yeah. Okay, I'm Googling Ralph Muppet cowboy hat. Um, Everybody <gasps> at home, go Google this for yourselves, because he's perfect. Oh, my gosh. And he's there got he his is. washboard. I love him. There are also pictures. There's a video of him <laughs> singing a song while holding a live puppy. Oh, my God. It's so cute. Oh, I've seen that one. Holding a live puppy. How did his puppeteer do that? His Muppeteer is very talented. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm Elise, and I am going to tell you something, and you're not going to judge me. <laughs> Everybody in this room knows this, because I had to admit it to them. It was a very embarrassing <laughs> moment for me. <laughs> but I, I don't have much experience with the Muppets. Yeah. Because I wasn't introduced to it. Played my parents, mom, dad, if you're listening. Thanks. This is the ultimate failing. <laughs> we need a gasp sound effect. Greta. I, I know, we don't have, have one. one. Let's do it. Just we, gasp. Um, hang on. thank you thank you mom dad this is your fault also the lion king i should have seen that much earlier than i did but so because i can't answer this question myself they're all going to assign me one correct so in my heart of hearts i do believe that you elise are miss piggy i concur yes example a i believe miss piggy would be obsessed with pride and prejudice and i sure am okay miss piggy on ice does she does she enjoy hockey I could definitely see I, her enjoying she, hockey. She definitely loves to body check people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I do that regularly. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, specifically in Pride and Prejudice, I just, so sorry, this just this is coming to me in this moment. I feel like she would relate so strongly to Mrs. Bennett. Do I relate strongly to Mrs. Bennett? Not necessarily, but I think you would get along with her very well. <laughs> and also, I, I genuinely believe that of all the Muppets, you would be one of the ones in the front lines singing Rainbow Connection to no end. And that's Miss Piggy. Sure. See, I think it's because Miss Piggy in several movies 
moves to Paris and like Classic. runs companies. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like you would do that. Is it because she's a also, French major? Yeah, she also yeah. knows French. That's just like that's just like a thing that okay. comes up. I just you're such a strong-willed, excellent woman. I feel like you could just run a whole company. Not to mention gorgeous. <laughs> I, can I put that on my resume? Sure. I know we could talk about the Muppets for this whole episode, but we probably should not. But why do we have to talk about the Scarlet Letter instead? It was very split on our survey. If you took our survey. A lot of people in the comments were like, this was great. This was one of my favorites. A lot of people were like, this was the worst. So it's just, you know, the duality of man, the reaction that you have to the Scarlet Letter. I want to know, out of how many people said they hated it, were forced to read the 30-page introduction that has nothing to do with the book. Oh, see, and, and I didn't read that. I skipped it. I was told it was required. It might have been required. I got a couple of sentences in, and I was like, this is not helping me what you and that's you on don't... that's on the two types of people that get a, that that get assigned like something boring it's just like yeah. it's not helping me yeah. hawthorne talking about an old house by the sea where old men sit on the porch and then he's like oh and then also like in the last three pages of this 30 page introduction he goes oh yeah one day i went in the attic and there was this book with a red scarlet a on it oh. imagine so before we get into lots of scarlet letter things Let's remind our, our listeners that a lot of these books will have triggers. So we want you to go to booktriggerwarnings.com and make sure that you can still continue listening to this episode without causing emotional distress. Please take care of yourselves. That's what we care about. We love you. Moi. <laughs> You're our favorite people. <laughs> Except for, you know, the people we know. <laughs> oh, I was- I thought you were going to just go immediately to dissing my parents because they didn't have me watch The Muppets or The Lion King. Well, of course, they wouldn't be my favorite people. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I think I read The Scarlet Letter in sophomore year. Oh, I read it senior year as part of AP Lit. I think I read it sophomore year. I don't entirely remember. I did, however, just find a comment from our survey that says, The Scarlet Letter is the worst book ever with... Four exclamation points. So That's people are clearly very passionate about this But then this there book. was another person who was like, I enjoyed the readings, especially Hawthorne and Poe. So yeah. like, you know, duality of man. Exactly. But either way, very extreme responses, yes. I'd say. No one is like, it was okay. Eh, yeah. It was a book. I think people either loved it or hated it. Or they didn't read it. Or they didn't oh. read it, like Greta. Wow. Yeah, there's another one here. It says, I genuinely loved The Scarlet Letter, and it is one of my favorites to this day, though I gather that is a highly unpopular opinion. In fact, my own high school English teacher said she had about one student a year who enjoyed it. I guess I was the one that year. Wow. And I was not a fan of it. I think some of it was the language. I just couldn't get into it. And then it just felt like I was so disconnected from the content because of the language in it. Mm-hmm. I just Yeah, it's, wasn't it vibing. goes back to our conversation about accessibility. Wow. It's almost like it's all connected. It's almost <laughs> like Crazy. it's all connected. And it's almost like I enjoyed it. Because of the language, because I enjoy. Do not say you enjoy language, I swear to God. (laughs) No, I enjoy convoluted language. (laughs) I thought you were going to say difficult, so. No, it's like, you know, that's more along the lines of what you would read if you're reading, you know, Austin, like that kind of run-on sentences, those things. Yeah, they sure like their run-ons. Their semicolons. Wolf, I'm looking at you. (laughs) Wolf. 
We have beef. <laughs> it's like good beef, though. It's like beef affectionate. <laughs> we should invite Leslie onto the pod to talk about wolf. <laughs> As opposed to beef derogatory. <laughs> oh, goodness. I remember when I read it, I hated the introduction so much that the actual book was like relief. <laughs> it was like I'd reached an oasis. You know, that, that makes sense because the thing that I can't stand about like old books that I get assigned is when there are so many pages and or chapters that go in such great detail about histories of people that do not matter to the plot of the book. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of the monk. I'm thinking of the Italian. I'm thinking of so many books from that time. They were like, I have the lore (laughs) and I want to share it. So if you didn't read The Scarlet Letter or if it's been many, many years since you've read it, right? There's a lady and 17th century Boston, a Puritan settlement. I'm getting this information from sparknotes.com. Spark I love notes, you, Please notes. sponsor us. <laughs> please. I'm begging you. We need money. We're college students. And so basically she comes to America and her husband is a scholar who is much older than she is. And he like never arrives. Sure. So naturally like everybody's like well he's dead he was lost at sea this yeah. was the 17th century they don't survive like they don't show up they're dead yeah right? that's freaking that's... 1600s <laughs> yeah if i can't see them yeah. they're gone like i don't have any object permanent <laughs> they walk out your front door oh yeah. it's a shame <laughs> is, it, is it the plague did it come back we don't know anyway find so, a casket so in the time that he's gone right which is several years she has sex and gets pregnant. Imagine. How dare she? How dare she? So she she has a child, and then they do the whole public shaming thing. This is where we get the actual scarlet letter. It's a red letter A. And then eventually, the identity of the father is revealed, and it turns out to be the minister guy who I saw. I saw that all along. Did you guys see that all along? Yes. Okay, cool. And honestly, the whole time, I was like, Hester... You are stronger than me. I would have, the minute anyone was like, how dare you? I would have been like, hey, guess who the father is? (laughs) No. No, it was out of love. Supposedly. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. The second he didn't stand up for her, I was like. No, and like, here's the other thing, right? Like, I was 16 when I read this. Mm. I didn't know what love was, okay? Maybe I still don't. We don't need to get into that. (laughs) Don't need to unpack that right now. Don't need to unpack that right now. That's okay. But like, I saw her wanting to keep it a secret and I I got it. I don't know that I would have the same opinion reading it today. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he like dies because he's confessed and then secretly the husband has been hiding out the entire time and he gives himself a new name. His, his name is Roger Chillington. Chillingworth. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. Ch- Chillington <laughs> is a better name than Chillingworth. Uh, I remember being so confused because I'm like, you don't remember your dead husband to the point that he's here and you have no idea? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like you would have to recognize Was him. Was it like an arranged marriage thing where they like hadn't met? No, like I think it's just that he was really old. 
And I also think that she just, like, didn't care. Yeah, so he's, like, <laughs> like basically, she... like, a corpse at this point. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, rotting, I, rotting you get the, flesh. You get the impression that she didn't want to be married to him. Sure, makes sense. So yeah. maybe she just, like, tried not to look at him. Well, clearly he also didn't want to be married to her. Well, but then he's intent on revenge. Oh, yeah, that was a weird Spark thing. Notes I forgot Spark about that. <laughs> Sparknote says, as though you didn't read the book, you don't know if he was intent on revenge. Well, no, I'm quoting directly. It says, okay. he settles in Boston, intent on revenge. Oh. He reveals I do his remember that. And oh, he eventually so reveals it to her. Yes. Yeah. He's like, it's me, your husband. You've been unfaithful. And she's like, you've been gone for years. Okay, but, okay, I'm getting some interesting thoughts, right? And this is because I now have a lot of perspective of other things and other books that I've read. So, right, the husband. Mm-hmm attaches himself to the lover mm-hmm. and slowly like seeps his energy away that it eventually kills him. I forgot about that. Isn't that, isn't that weird? That is so wait, weird. Wait, wait, like, like, like vampire situation? That's like, it's like, like but it, they don't talk about it. Like really. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> They're just like, he's, he's practicing medicine so maybe he's poisoning him. Maybe. Ooh, maybe yeah. that's the implication. Maybe I should reread this book. Some arose for Emily type things. So why why oh. do we read this book? Great question. According to the internet, because I was doing research trying to figure out what we could possibly read instead of this very convoluted, inaccessible book. And the internet said we are learning themes of shaming and social issues. And it said it was akin to being publicly shamed on social media as a woman is refusing to change her sexuality for everyone else. So what were like the suggestions that it had based off of that? It ranged from Heartstopper to The Hate You Give. (laughs) What? No, I don't think so. Right? Okay, I don't, you know, as I'm thinking about this, book and reading it in high school I cannot figure out why we read it okay I don't okay. know and maybe maybe this so so the ending right right directly from spark notes frustrated in his, his revenge Chillingworth dies a year later Hester and Pearl the daughter leave Boston and no one knows what has happened to them many years later Hester returns alone still wearing the scarlet letter to live in her old cottage and resume her charitable work She receives occasional letters from Pearl, who has married a a European aristocrat and established a family of her own. When Hester dies, she is buried next to Dimsdale. He's the minister. They were lovers. The two share a single tombstone, which bears a scarlet A. Wait, okay. (laughs) So is, do you think like the reason that it's taught is here's how you deal with bullying type situation <laughs> I you know i would hope not i mean I right know. because like like obviously like first of all a bad example <laughs> but but i just wonder if they're trying if the reason that it's still taught in so many schools is they're like this is a theme that a lot of high school kids can relate to because they're ostracized mm-hmm. and know? i have the number it's 33 percent of our survey takers okay I kind of wonder if the reason it was taught in my high school, because I went to high school in Texas where we do um, abstinence-only sex education, Ooh. is oh. still tying into that theme of shame around sexuality and just kind of being like, if you have sex, you're going to get pregnant and everyone's going to hate you. Yeah. Okay, but also, like, isn't that 
th- I don't know that this would be a very good like support of that because yeah, cause Hester she doesn't out, like, die. Pretty happy. The daughter who was created out of sin gets a great life, married to a European aristocrat. There's some presumed wealth there. And then the two of them, the two lovers, share a single tombstone. And like they make the choice, like Ray says, she's still wearing the scarlet letter. So I think I remember she could take it off and she didn't. Yeah. She chose yeah. not to. So she herself pinned it to her blouse every morning. Right. Right. Just right. the things that I remember being emphasized in this book when I learned it were just the shame. They really just focused down on the shame. So they were trying mm. to shame you. Interesting. Yes. And that is not how it was taught to me. Because I also don't think it's a very effective teacher of that. But I mean, I, I think it could be, you know, done from like the right angle. I mean, like, this is me knowing nothing right. know, about the plot, but I just... I think you'd have to, like, willfully misunderstand the plot. Like, yeah. And, yeah. and the, the perspective that the author gives us of them. Or you'd have to push the perspective that, you know, the shame that Hester, like, goes through and the ostracization from society is the worst fate, you know? Except she comes back to it. But it doesn't... Like if it's not a good idea argument. is that you're like publicly, mm-hmm. right. you know, like and permanently ostracized, then, you know, then it would push that narrative that Becca's talking about. I had a very interesting project with this book in which basically in AP Lit, my teacher brought in four crates of books and we were allowed to pick one that we would read for the project. And so everyone in the class had to, like, choose one of these groups. And it was The Scarlet Letter, Frankenstein, Lord of the Flies, and I believe The Color Purple. What an odd array of books. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was basically just, like, here's the, like, classic old books. Pick one. Hmm. That's so interesting. So So I really don't know what we were supposed to learn from it. Wow. Because there was no in-class instruction. I also, like, wouldn't consider, like, The Lord of the Flies... Or the color purple to be like one of the classic old books. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Not the way that I would Scarlet Letter or Frankenstein. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. It was a very weird class. Weird. Okay. I mean, I, I'm trying to remember, you know, it's been several years, six years, oh, which blows gosh. my mind, but that's fine. Definitely it wasn't, you should feel ashamed if you do this stuff. My teacher definitely took a she's taking back control in the ways that mm. she can kind mm-hmm. of perspective which is interesting and it, it that might just be kind of what we were talking about with the mice and men episode like they don't get control over the books that are in the curriculum like yeah. that and you frame it how you can so that might have been been that you know sort of take but i think there are plenty of other books that could also do that. Certainly, it's just very difficult to find them on the internet. Yeah, yeah. Without them being like, oh, you're looking for public shaming? Have you read <laughs> any of these gay books? And I'm like, that's not what I was hoping you would say to me. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting. It, I don't I don't know what I'm, where I'm going with this, but to like tie together adultery and like being gay. Right? It's like there's something inherently bad about it. Yeah. Which, no. like, okay, it also wasn't really adultery because they thought, they, everybody was, assumed, the consensus yeah. was that he was dead. Yeah. Well, the only way that I can think of, because wasn't the minister married? 
Am I, am I remembering that incorrectly? No. Oh, okay. I don't know why. I, I wonder if, like, he wasn't supposed to be with anybody romantically. Oh, yeah. It might have been that. I don't know. It was Puritan that, yeah. settlement in the 17th century. Yeah. But I, I also think it's important to consider, like, it's not just about, like, public shaming, but also I think it's the inherent misogyny at mm-hmm. how Hester's right. being treated by her town. Mm-hmm. And that's... And, like, that... I think that was... Because the the man gets, like, his own punishment. And he very much wants his own, like, he, he sees and recognizes how she is being treated. And he doesn't know how to, he doesn't know how to help. And he doesn't think it's fair that she's, yeah you know, being ostracized. And he isn't. It's revealed, right, that he's, like, burned a letter A in his skin. I forgot about that. Yeah, he's, like, very much internalized this. He's, like... This is so bad. I mean, quite literally, he's externalized it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Greta. Thank you. I just, re- <laughs> I just remember being so frustrated with this book. Yeah. Yes. I think that's, that's a consensus there, too. I wanted it to be a better love story because yes. I'm always looking for a better love story. That's the thing about me. Me, too. But I was much more interested in, like, the stuff that we never got to see. I was more interested interested in the development of their romantic relationship but that's also where my like personal interest lies Mm -hmm. so I don't know that I'm a great judge of that I just remember spending most of the book being like okay wait what (laughs) and being and then at times especially toward the end I remember being like okay, so Hester gets to live out her best life, find someone new, this is awesome. And then she comes back to the village. Mm-hmm. I think it was either an article I read or something my teacher said that I thought she was only pretending to write letters to Pearl and that maybe Pearl had like abandoned her. I don't remember where I got that from. We talked about the symbolism of Pearl, of naming, I just remembered some of the things that we talked about, genius. How like pearls are a symbol of purity mm-hmm. and all of that which is so interesting so I I think I think the way that my teacher approached it was very much like kind of we have to read this and then like here are the literary things that we can get out of it Mm. not so much here's a moral that you should be taking away from it I think my experience with the book lacked from the fact that I wasn't taught it so much as it was here's a book you have to read this you have to talk about it in groups and you have to present about it Mm -hmm. yeah I, and I think that I think that does change it a lot, and that would make it less accessible for sure. And that's just like a thing about you know English classes in general, and that's a tick mark in their side of the book, in my opinion. But you know, I I think that a really big big mistake on a lot of English teachers' parts is just presenting a book and saying, "Oh, this is important because it's old," and then saying, "Go talk about it and like mm-hmm. do whatever you want with it and figure out on your own why it's important and that kind of thing." Because because like everything that we get out of literature is based off of how it's framed, right? You know? And so if an English teacher isn't doing their part and saying, okay, these are certain things for you to look for. And in addition, you know, let me know what you think and what you get out of it and how like that affects things. Then I don't really, I don't really see the point. Right. That was more my experience Mm -hmm. was, was getting that. Here's what to look for. Here's what we're doing with this. Here's what, why we're reading this. Right. More so than, I don't think I had any books in high school that were just like, 
pick one and read it or like mm. just read it on your own. We won't talk about it. Oh, I had several like that. Yeah. I think I had I had a few like that. Yeah, especially where it was like small group kind of things like that. Like Lauren was talking about how like how, you know, you got your choice of like four or five books and then you and your small group would do their own thing, but it wouldn't get framed in any capacity. Yeah. We just did like creative projects. Oh. I wish we got to do more creative projects. Me too. I had to make a satire video for something. That was fun. And then can we watch it? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's still on YouTube, to be honest. If I remember the name of it, I'll I'll, I'll let you know. Link it in the comments. It's about <laughs> it's about America. We made a, a, a travel video, oh, like no. advertising America. It was oh, God. in 2016. That oh, sounds boy. embarrassing. I've got some of my no. It's really funny. Too. What is embarrassing is the project that I did for the Scarlet Letter, which was just like any creative project, and I wrote a song and sang it to my class and played the ukulele wow this is what sophomore year elise you said yeah i wish i could have been in sophomore elise's class i want to hear this song yeah hey if you were in my um class if you were mrs mcdaniel's class keep quiet (laughs) (laughs) if you were in that class no you weren't (laughs) no no you if you remember that song no you don't you're going to be mailed an NDA. <laughs> I found the lyrics on my phone, and I will never share them to anyone. I should delete it at once, but I also kind of don't want to. They're poetry. They need to be saved for the literary record. Can we see them? It's not something that I will share with the pod. For chance okay. later. So basically, we don't know what we got out of the Scarlet Letter or why we read it. And we're just baffled. So baffled. And when you look at points for like what you would need to replace a book like that right what would you need you need someone overcoming overcoming ostracization yeah that one (laughs) and like what else I don't know if if it is if we're trying to frame it as like a woman taking back her power where where she can there's probably something with that that we could do I don't know I'm a little bit confused what the actual message was and I don't think that was the fault of my teacher Mrs. McDaniel I love you you were a great teacher (laughs) but it was yeah why do we read it we don't know we don't know all right if you know let us know please (laughs) tell us and so if you're a teacher please tell us what you want your students to get out of this book if you still think you should be teaching it yeah i don't know anything you want yeah maybe talk about the ways that you teach it any special activities that you do alongside it And if you're a student, did you get anything particular out of this book that you're excited about? Were you also confused about maybe why it was still on the curriculum, in the curriculum, part of the curriculum? All of the above. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you can do that by finding us on social media. So we are at EYRL Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. That's EYRL Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And then we have our website, which is eyrlpodcast.wordpress.com. And you can email us as well, podcasteyrl at gmail.com. So, you know, if you don't want to use social media, that's okay. We get it. Email us. And we want you to still participate in our survey. If you haven't, the link is everywhere. Take that survey, fill it out, tell us the books you read in high school, and use the comment space that we give you those are the quotes that you'll hear on the show, and it helps us a lot to contextualize how people took the things that they read in high school. All right, and once again, thank you so much for listening to Exposing Your High School Reading List. We hope you enjoyed this episode. 